0: when you have legislation and it is enforced then the need to be compliant becomes of course urgent more urgent then that said the next thing is of course yeah you can say okay you need to 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 know the chemical soil condition but how can i know it as a company who's just excavating in the soil how do i know what the chemical status of the soil
1: Welcome to the Stantec.io podcast, where we speak to our scientists, designers, engineers, and architects who are working with our digital practice teams to develop creative, technology-forward approaches that accelerate and improve our ability to solve the most difficult challenges facing our clients, communities, and industries. I'm Dave Roberts, and on today's episode, we feature Arthur Covert and Christian Jolly, who are part of our environmental services team in the Netherlands. Arthur is a physical geographer with a career spanning 20 years within engineering companies. He is now an account manager for our utility sector clients and joins us from our Stantec office in Arnhem. Christian is a GIS specialist with a background in earth sciences and has been with Stantec for eight years. He is the product manager for the soil risk map platform, helping to guide the software development initiatives and functional integrations. Christian is joining us from our Stantec office in Delft. The focus for discussion in this episode is to understand more about how Stantec is using technology to help utility and construction companies gain the necessary information about soil quality needed to support the maintenance and installation of lines and cables into the ground. Welcome to the podcast, Arthur and Christian.
0: Thank you, uh, Dave. Nice to be here. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having us.
1: Great. So let's start off with you, Christian. It'd be good to understand more about the problem that we're actually trying to solve for clients with the Soil Risk Map. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please?
0: Yeah, to understand that a bit more, you need to, to be aware of the situation, of course, here in the Netherlands and and first of all, uh, especially for people outside of the Netherlands, you have to understand we most of our cables and pipelines we put underground and before clients of us, uh, if you want to excavate in the ground, you need to know exactly what the soil quality is to ensure safe working conditions for workers who work there on a daily basis because you might be unaware, but the Dutch soil is pretty contaminated. And that could have, of course, impact on your health conditions uh, in a long term. Well, in the Netherlands, we have legislation for this, so you are prohibited to dig in polluted soil without permissions. And besides working conditions and, and your uh, health insurance, uh, it is also prohibited by law to make soil more polluted than the existing state. You are also uh, prohibited to mix soil uh, polluted layers with less polluted layers. So that is a, a bit of a background. that's why why we step into this problem um, because as you are going to excavate in the soil, you must be made aware of all these conditions.
1: That's fascinating. Arthur, how did we actually get started with this type of work?
2: well, uh, we or I and some other colleagues already, already worked for some uh, utility companies and their contractors, uh, I think since 2004, 2005, Uh, and they were mainly the utility companies dealing with gas, electricity and water. So I had some contacts at that time. Our work was Well, call it reactive. They contacted us, they said we have to do an excavation over there or over there. Can you please tell me if we, what soil quality is, if we can uh, do the excavation safely and or we have to do something because of legislation. At that time, so that's uh, 17 years ago, I'm getting old, I guess, Uh, it took us per project about 22 days. So it was doable and there weren't many so it, well they kn- they knew it took about uh, three weeks uh, before they had uh, the, the correct answer then and i think a couple of years later soil quality and pollution became more relevant because there was more specific legislation and most important there was also more enforcement so the the the, the companies had to do something and this this resulted eventually in 2012, 2013. Then Vodafone Sigo called me. Uh, that's, by the way, uh, the mother company is Liberty Global. Called me uh, after they had an incident. He said, Well, we have a problem. Arthur, can you come over here? We, uh, yeah, we have to do something. I say, Well, next Monday you will be the first. And I went there. And they said to me, Well, we want to be compliant we have 25,000 excavations each year, please help us. Um, And at that moment we realized that reactive uh, handling was not an issue anymore, we had to do something. So that was the first, then the first steps uh, were made to create the the soil risk
1: map, because we knew we had to gather the information uh, proactively So, Arthur, why was Stantec so well positioned to develop this type of tool to begin with?
2: Well, to be honest, I think technically we were not specially equipped or or superior next to others. Uh, I think because of when they had uh, the issue, we acted directly. So because of our handling and our thinking with the client and also thinking out of the box, we created... Trust. They trusted us, and also at that time, uh, our our uh, vision was: we don't want to do uh, uh, unnecessary soil investigations, uh, especially if you know that you have already a lot of information in this country about the soil quality. So that's that's really different from other uh, engineering companies with a business model of doing uh, the, the soil investigations we said no that's not what we want please let us gather the information the soil information and and maybe most of the times we can already give you an answer without going out in the field and gather the soil extra soil information so i don't think it it, for your answer we were not specially equipped uh, but it was it was account management they trusted us and together we developed in the years after the the, the SOAR
1: risk map. What a fascinating journey it's been so far then. So, Christian, if I come to you, so how does it actually work technically? What does the soil risk map tool look like under the covers?
0: So, started out with just a simple SharePoint environment, which is nothing compared to what we have nowadays. Nowadays, it is a, a online browser application, a GIS browser uh, application where we handle short distance projects. So uh, if you have an area or a project for, for instance, uh, two kilometers, you want to to excavate in the soil, you can just draw it in an online application where you see a map, you see where you want, you can search on your your, your, uh, area, you can draw it and then immediately The application itself provides you with an answer about safety conditions, about legislation, about which information about chemical soil quality is there available. Uh, If you want, you can get instantly a report out of it. And of course, as is always with, with this kind of big data tool, if the data is insufficient, you can request a research at Stantec with just the click of a button. All the information flows back to our clients through this application, and so the the map itself is also self-enriching. In those situations where the data is insufficient, we do a research, fill it in in the application, and so the uh, the answer is there for maybe the next time someone else has to excavate on that same location. And the base for these apps, of course, is The data, big data, soil data without the data itself. Yeah, it is just a blank map. So we gather soil data at dozens of authorities, provinces, uh, municipalities here in the Netherlands. We process all those delivered databases and we ourselves enrich it with some more information. We test it against certain uh, safety condition parameters and then we serve it in our internal but also external applications and tools we serve our data through so-called apis in software of external systems so we are still full in control about what the data is exactly and how uh, you should use it but users have the freedom to say okay i have my own tool i want to have it served in there or i don't have anything let me please use your online js browser application
1: Well, that's a really exciting evolution of the tool over the years and how it's developed that's that's fantastic so why do you think it's worked so well in the netherlands
0: well that is for several reasons and a couple of them are already mentioned by arthur of course there is legislation and legislation if you want to work compliant as a organization yeah you you have to fulfill on those needs and of course this legislation was already in the past as well, but enforcement was lacking and that has changed also over the years. So when you have legislation and it is enforced, yeah, then the need to be compliant becomes, of course, urgent, more urgent. That that said, the next thing is, of course, yeah, you can say, okay, you need to to, to know the chemical soil condition, but how can I know it as a company who's just excavating in the soil? How do I know what the chemical status of the soil? I don't know. Well, luckily here in the Netherlands, over the years, and over the years means already, I think, maybe go back to the 80s, maybe even 70s, Arthur, you know, you said already, you're older. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> no, not not.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, uh, well, digitally we uh, gather the information since the nineties. I think in the in the eighties it was all on paper, but in the nineties uh, the first uh, soil
0: information systems were uh, developed. Yeah. Okay, so from that point. Onwards, but also the, the data was there already at the reports of the 80s, uh, yep. was all filled in this digital system, so-called so, so called soil information system. And because we have that in the Netherlands and that authorities so the, the uh, were required to fill in and store their data in this system, we have already uh, a lot of public data available conform a standardized protocol, which we also use as our main data model to process these vast amounts of data for the soil risk map. So coming back to your question, Dave, why it works so well, legislation, the enforcement of it, and that the data is already available on a national scale. So for the historic data, has that now
1: been digitized?
2: Very old data is not digitized, but we know there's a lot of data. And I think what's interesting is now that we developed together with another company, we developed an AI, artificial intelligence, uh, who can, if you have a big database with all types of PDFs, it can be a soil report, it can be a letter, it can be, it can be anyone. It is a database of a government. The AI picks out the soil reports. Further than that, the AI picks out the location and the eye picks out the, the chemical analysis. And this way, we, but also the, the government and our clients can have an, an extra insight in what information is available in their in their archives, because they don't know, they have a big data base with all PDFs, but it, it can be anything. So we are trying to also, of the the data, transfer it to digital data.
0: Yeah, and that is really, really, uh, at least for us, but uh, really state of the art, especially if yeah. you ha- when you have extracted the relevant PDF soil reports. The next thing to convert data out of a PDF table mm-hmm. to, uh, into usable uh, uh, values in a database, uh, the, so the analytical results of the chemical soil, yeah, that is really state-of-the-art technology because it is also needs to be uh, certain, of course. We can make mistakes in uh, dots or commas or uh, uh, transferring a a number 8 into a 0 or whatever that may have huge consequences. Yeah,
2: and it's, it is unique as far as we know in the Netherlands and maybe even further. So because our goal is, uh, is to have the most information, the best information, to, we call it to have the highest cell surface, So uh, our contractors or our clients can look up the map and make, make a report and they don't need our uh, soil advisors because the data is so good that you already have an answer and we don't have to look at it. That is our main business model. So we do everything. We invest a lot in, in getting the database more better, getting more
1: information. Etc. That's good to know. What type of clients is using the tool, and what are they mainly using it for?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, well, at, at this moment, the, the main clients are the utility companies because they do the most repetitive work excavations. We call the number of number of times uh, Zigo uh, use it is so Liberty Global twenty five thousand. After that, UPC came also, so there's fifty thousand. We have telecom. Other companies, local Dutch telecom company, there's also 15,000. Last year, with all our clients used it for 99,500 locations, it was used. And from that 99,500 locations, I think about 23 24,000 uh, locations our advisors were uh, needed. So it's about about 57%, and what type of work is it? Well, it, the utility companies use it for for a new build, for reconstruction, uh, or malfunction of their uh, pipes, cables. Uh, fiberglass is now very uh, hot, of course. So that's what it's uh, it's used for. And they use they use it in, in 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 several ways. First of all, our information or insights gives a good uh insight in the in the store quality and it can it be used at the first stage which means they can be used as a as a risk assessment if you want to put glass fiber into the ground in the city you can look well is the city is it clean or is it a bit uh, polluted or heavily polluted and what are the costs so it can be used for risk assessment and they use it that was already at the start use it for their design where uh, do i uh, do I put my uh, cable or uh, pipe, and what's the quality? And as Christian also mentioned, what well, gives the right information to work safety and to work uh, compliant by the law.
1: So that's what it's used for. Still an answer, uh, Dave. That's fantastic. <laughs> so what's next on the roadmap for the soil risk map?
2: Well, we have actually we have uh, developed. I think it was last year, uh, Christian. We developed a roadmap. Yeah, that's uh, correct. Yeah, and that's a roadmap for the next two, three years. Uh, so we have several uh, items uh, on it. One of them, for example, well, first of all, we are now talking about soil quality, chemical soil quality. We also developed. Uh, maps with other data like groundwater levels or archaeological data or unexploded ordinances, explosives like that. So we want to be the company which provides soil data. So not only chemical soil data and safety, but also more data. Um, So that's one of them. But well, we now use the SOAR risk map for, I think, eight years it is now. And we gathered a lot of information, maybe some stats we used, or the SOAR risk map is has been used uh, altogether now for 500, 600,000 locations. And we did a lot of, uh, 25% now, uh, our investigations uh, fill the information with their own uh, inf- investigations. So we have a lot of data. Um, and with this data, we're trying to do multi ana- analysis. So what do we see some combinations do we and maybe is it not useful to do a soil investigation because we know that from the other 100 locations at a certain, I don't know, village or I don't know, it was all always clean. So why 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 investigated the 101st time so that's 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 what we are uh, start, starting up multi criteria uh, or risk analysis yeah maybe uh, also can we be with the data we have can we be more predictive and it's not predictive in kind of uh, the the sore quality but like with the groundwater map can we predict where some malfunctions will happen for electricity or malfunctions for cables and do we see this in our data with with the malfunction so maybe we can be uh, predictive yeah Yeah, and in the end back to the soil quality we now have a self-service of Uh, 75%, so in 75% of the cases they don't need our advisors. When we started it was less than 50, I think it was 45% or or something like that. Our goal is to to make the self-service 95%. So in this way, with the same number of advisors, we can handle a lot more projects than we do now and we don't need extra personnel and I I don't have to explain that it will lower the cost for us per project and it gives a better profit but that's that's our main uh, goal
1: so it's been a real pleasure talking with you both today and learning a lot more about the soil risk map and thank you once again for being part of the I/O podcast
0: yeah thank you David it was great to be in a in a podcast for me for the first time thank you very much yeah,
2: Dave, also by me. Nice to be here. Uh, if people have questions, they now maybe know how to find us. And thank you very much.
1: Thank you for listening to the Stantech.io podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please tune in to future episodes where we'll continue to explore how digital solutions are shaping our world. In the meantime, you can also visit our website at www.stantec.io for further information.